Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Happy Thursday, Andrew. Hey there, Colin. It is Thursday. How are you doing today? Doing well, buddy. Doing well. Edwin, how are you doing? I am still here and doing well. That's good. I'm glad your age hasn't gotten to you yet. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I guess at this point I've been 50 for 20 days. And he still mm-hmm. found his way into the studio. Man. <laughs> still did. I set my walker outside the front door. <laughs> it's hard to bring it in through the screen door, but, you know. Yeah, we need to change change the studio around a little bit here. <laughs> a little bit. To be more accessible. <laughs> for, for old people like Edwin. <laughs> okay. All right. So what are we doing today, Colin? What are we doing? Well, we're still going through Psalm 96, and we're going to be looking at Let Heaven Rejoice and the Earth Be Glad. All right. Oh, very good. Well, listen, I've got a uh, translation of Psalm 96 right here done for us by the fine people who made the New International Version. Mm. Awesome. So I'm going to read that here. Psalm 96 from the NIV. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the people with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound in all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. They will sing before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his truth. In our two stanzas, we've noted already in previous discussions this week, the first stanza is about going to the nations, telling them about the great majesty of God and how all those other gods out there are just worthless idols. It's the God of Israel that's the one true living God. And so then in the second stanza, bringing all the nations to worship. Today, as you were reading that, the statement right at the beginning of verse 8, so in the ESV, I don't remember exactly the wording there in the NIV, but in in the, the Bible I'm holding, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Mm -hmm. And certainly multiple times throughout the Psalms, we've recognized the name Exodus 34 uh, as God reveals his name to Moses, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious and that entire paragraph of self-description. But what hit me here in that, in that whole context back in Exodus was when Moses goes into Pharaoh and he says to Pharaoh, we need to let the people go out a three days journey so that they can mm-hmm, worship mm-hmm. the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And do you remember what Pharaoh's response to Moses was? Well, he said, who is the Lord that I should hear his voice? Yeah. Who is the Lord that I should obey his commands? I don't even know him. Yeah. I don't even know him. Why would I let you guys go to this 
unknown God that, why would I do that? And so here in this, go to the nations and tell them about it. It's, you guys need to know, and you need to know that his name actually has some glory that is do it. And every king, every prime minister, every person who would set him up as ruler, as judge among nations, among peoples, needs to recognize the glory that is due the name of the God of Israel, Yahweh. Go tell and come and worship. And isn't that an interesting thought as you as you bring that up about Pharaoh? To go and declare God to these people doesn't mean that they will recognize him right away. Doesn't mean that, that they might even care. And that uh, rejection of Pharaoh was an occasion that God would then humble him and humble all of Egypt through these terrible plagues. But that's then how God announced himself, kind of came onto the scene for all of these nations. As you follow along the Exodus account and you get uh, from that even to the conquest time in the book of Joshua, when spies go into Jericho and Rahab hides them, she tells them about how the peoples of Canaan had heard about their God. And that's 40 years later. 40 years years later. later. The terrors that he had made, how he had parted the Red Sea, they heard about this, and their hearts had melted within them. Whenever I read that, I I realize the the short-sightedness and the foolishness of those spies in that initial exodus um, uh, generation, because even though they saw people who were huge and were grasshoppers in their sights, these people had already heard about their God, about Israel's gods. Their hearts were weak. They were, they were going to be very, very frightened of these people coming, uh, but they, they didn't see it that way. They lacked faith in God and how he was going to work. But I just bring all that up to say that God, in making himself known to Pharaoh through mighty acts, mighty deeds, was in fact proclaiming his name, at least initially, to all these other pagan kingdoms where he was going to lead his people Israel into their promised land. We have Israel is to worship God. Go tell the nations about the deliverance and rescue of God and his mighty and wondrous works so that all peoples and all families of the peoples can ascribe to him the glory that is due his name, Mm -hmm. what he is worthy of, and worship him. Then this psalm ends with an interesting picture that it's not just people worshiping and praising, rejoicing and being glad. So again, I'm going to read from the ESV right now, verse 11. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. I can't help but remember yesterday's reading of Peterson's about let him give a standing ovation or whatever it was. I know it was pretty wild. <laughs> let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord for he comes for he comes to judge the earth. We're actually going to come back to this very similar statement in Psalm 98. I'll just read this real quick, beginning at verse 7. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. It's exact, <clears throat> not exactly the same, but it's the, the same sentiment. Well, you're, you're kind of the, the language guy. Mm-hmm. What, what do you call that when these um, kind of, inanimate aspects of nature become animated. Oh yeah. Personification, Personification. or anthropomorphism. Okay. Giving okay. giving human attributes to things that yeah. are not human. Uh, this this I guess technically would be more like anthropopathism. Morphism is giving them the form. So like if you said the heavens had hands like humans like do. Like you read about the, the clapping a minute ago. Yeah, in, in, Psalm, in Psalm 98 when yeah. it shows them clapping, that would be kind of the anthropomorphism. Pomorphism. It gives them the form of human. This is the emotions of humans 
so it technically anthropopathism, okay. the passions, the emotions. But yeah, so it's this personification. And I guess the question we might ask is, is our psalmist giving us merely a figure of speech, or is he pointing to something that is deeper and more poignant for us to grasp? Hmm. And I I, th- I mean, it is a figure of speech, but I think yeah. it's something that should drive us. I, I don't think we should just say, oh, figure of speech, move on. Yeah, everything worships God. I think it might be good for us to ask, well, why would the heavens be glad? The skies is some of the translation, because mm-hmm. that's what this word can mean. The earth, the sea, and all that fills it. And I think it carries us all the way back to the creation. When God when God created the skies, I recall in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17, when Adam sinned, he was yeah. not the only one cursed, and Eve was not only cursed, no. but actually the ground was cursed. Yes, the earth the land, the earth was cursed. We can find numerous passages that actually demonstrate that the sins of the people corrupted the world. And so in Genesis chapter 6, when we learn as as man has gotten worse and worse and worse, and all the thoughts of man are only evil continually, Moses records, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence, and God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Again, we might see this as just a figure of speech, a, a metonymy, or that, uh, well, the, the yeah. inhabitants were corrupted, the and flesh. so he re- refers to it as the earth. But I think we see a picture of, because the inhabitants were corrupted, they were corrupting the earth. In fact, in Numbers 35, verse 33 and 34, you shall not pollute the land in which you live, for blood pollutes the land, and no atonement can be made for the land for the blood that is shed in it except by the blood of the one who shed it. You shall not defile the land in which you live, in the midst of which I dwell, for I, the Lord, dwell in the midst of the people Israel. We find multiple passages that are like that. He's saying Mm -hmm. if you get on that land and you start murdering people, Mm -hmm. it defiles the land. It corrupts the land. So our corruption is actually corrupting the created order itself. And so what we find, and I think Paul brings this to us in Romans chapter 8, verses 19 through 25, as he talks about there, that the creation itself has been subjected to futility and is looking forward to being freed from the, cor- the bondage to corruption. And so we're going to have that. And of course, you know, and Peter talks about the new heavens and the new earth where righteousness dwells. I know there's lots of arguing right now about what the exact nature of that is. And I don't know. And I don't want to get into that argument. I just know that whatever's coming next, we are set free. Creation is set free. However, God does that. And so the heavens, the land, the sea, it's, there's going to be rejoicing because we're not the only ones that get set aright. Yeah, all of God's created order gets set aright in that judgment. This, um, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I guess, my wife and I had the opportunity to spend a little time out on an island uh, out uh, out in the Gulf a little bit and inside a park, and we're walking around and, and flip-flops, and all of a sudden she goes, ouch. And there was some type of burr, some type of thorny plant. Mm. And this thorn was so serious, it came up through the flip-flop. That was so messed up. That is the distorted, perverted world corrupted by sin. Well, that's exactly right, because I didn't know what to say about that. So what did I say? I said, thank you, Adam. (laughs) Thanks thanks a lot, Adam. There it is. Because you'd had had an island without those thorns to surprise you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the ground is cursed. The ground is cursed. Well, as usual, I like to talk for a very long time. Colin, what what do you want to add in here? I I want want to make sure you get to to add your part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, again, I was looking at verse 11 and, you know, what it was talking about, you know, letting the heavens rejoice and the earth be glad. And when I was trying to read, it, I was trying to ask myself, you know, why is the psalmist trying to say this? What is he trying to say? And reading the verse before, you know, it says, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the Lord, the world is established. It shall be, it shall never be moved. He will judge all people with equity. So for me, the first thing that came to my mind in my narrow-minded thinking was, oh, he's going to judge those with equity in real estate. But <laughs> but no, but I understand that's not what it means, though. It's What he's saying is that God is going to judge all with fairness mm-hmm. and that there is no bias in his judgment. We kind of talked about that on Tuesday, talking about his judgment as a creator. But we know that God is a just and holy God, and because of that, we rejoice in it. Yes. I would like him to give me equity in my real estate. Amen. That that would be fantastic. That'd be awesome. But I do also want him to be able to judge everyone with the impartiality and with the with the truth and the justice and the righteousness, which is exactly what he does. And again, yeah, he'll do it right. It's not just about us, it's about everything. Everything gets united in Jesus Christ. Everything is brought to that unity. And God, whatever he brings next is going to have that freedom from corruption so that all of it is going to be praising God and bringing glory to him. Thank you so much for joining us for Text Talk today. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, and why don't we have a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day that you've given us a, a time to study your word and to be encouraged by it to uh, have our eyes open again to this creation and understanding, Father, that even as we observe glimpses of your goodness, glimpses of your beauty that could not be uh, completely eradicated by sin, but, Father, you have you have cursed it. This is a fallen world in a way that, uh, though it still provides for us, leaves us appreciating there is something grander in store in your return and in your holiness, Father, and we look forward to that day. Maranatha, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.